NCHC.TV studios behind the mask hockey shops present College Hockey West Live. College Hockey West Live is by Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Stop in for lunch, cater your next event, or just buy C and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. The TAG Creative Group. Search T-G-R-A-N-R-U-D at redbubble.com and let us create a unique design for you or your business. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to behindthemask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, where an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations around the world. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian comfort food quickly with locations in Tempe and Pine Top. Order online at thespaghettishack.com. Liberty University, play for something more. Faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. Jets Pizza, sign up for our Crunch Club at jetspizza.com and have special deals delivered straight to your inbox. And by the Caesars Sportsbook app, a proud partner of the NHL. College Hockey West Live from the NCHC.TV studios presented by Behind the Mask as a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right, well, welcome back in, hockey fans, to another Sunday night, another episode of College Hockey West Live. Scott Strandy with you tonight, just off the shores of the Pacific Ocean in Carlsbad, California. My co-host, as always, from the shores of Long Island, New York, at the home of the palatial estate, Mr. Paul Hornstein joins me tonight. How are you? How was your weekend? And uh, are you ready to talk hockey? Uh, yeah, I was ready to talk hockey. It was uh, a long weekend. Uh, probably not as crazy and as long as yours, but. You know, <laughs> that that's probably usually not ever the case. So, but I am not by the beach. I am not usually in 75 not. degree weather. There's no sunshine. Uh, well, I am. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am not at the beach. I'm close to the beach, about half a mile, but. Um, as you know, I uh struggling with some physical ailments over the last week. Um, they're not much better, by the way. <laughs> my, uh, my hands uh can barely hold the microphone that I'm speaking to you on, and um, things aren't great. But hoping to see a doctor maybe in sometime in the near future and see if I can get this figured out. Uh, uh battle with COVID, battle of four. Um, I survived that one. Now, uh, now working with uh some virus that uh, seemed to have attacked both hands. So um, we'll go from there. Yeah, I, 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 you don't want me to play. You know, now uh, I have, you know, off the I can't hold the stick. <laughs> well, I got to figure out, don't you have a stand? Uh, not that uh, I got one somewhere. But um, I uh, I haven't dug it out yet. I'm on the road. You realize that, right? For about four months. Well, I know that. <laughs> so the stand is somewhere in the bag, but I don't normally use it. I normally hold the mic. So it out. I took some pain pills before, and hopefully uh, we get to the bottom of this in the next couple of days, and I can start the uh, road to recovery because this stinks. <laughs> oh my gosh! You look at my hands. You look at me. You go like, what in the world happened to you, dude? Well, I, I, here's the only thing. Uh, well, you know, I'm not going to say it. When, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll remind me to tell you what I've been thinking the whole time uh, <laughs> after you're through this. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, anyway. So, so anyway, I hope it's not just being old that's, uh, that's causing the problems because, um, the way this hockey season is going right now, this is, uh, a young man's sport. And, oh. um, while I say that, Paul, this parody thing is real. And it's given a lot of coaches some gray hairs, a lot of them, a lot of them prematurely, I might add. Um, it was just another insane weekend of college hockey. 
I mean, just... I mean, you look all over the place. And... I, 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 you can sit here and talk about just, you know, every game you're like, holy crap. How did, uh, wh- what happened here? What happened? You know, every game is tight. Every game seems to go down to the wire. Every game seems like it's on the verge of an upset almost every night. And sometimes it happens, and sometimes it doesn't. You know, like, uh, and I don't know if we have to reassess what, uh, what expectations are for some teams. I don't know. Um, I, I just know that <laughs> that you know, I'm sitting here and, and trying to watch what I can and, and, and ch- checking scores on a regular basis. And how many times a night on a Friday or a Saturday am I sending you a text message like, holy crap, this team's winning? Yeah, quite a few. Quite a few. <laughs> uh, and it doesn't um, make things any easier that we now have 10 teams, and all 10 of these teams are just like, um, they're all over the place. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, anyway. So so I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, okay. Before we get started, though, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna stump into my favorite thing, fighting with the pairwise computer. Um, okay, they got it right with North Dakota. They're 12, 3, and 1. Right, I have on. them number one in the okay, pairwise. I'll let you go, and then I'll respond. Okay. So they got it right with North Dakota. I believe they might have it right with BU, Boston University. They're 11, 4, and 1. But come on. The third best team in the country, according to the pairwise, is Maine at 8, 3, and 1. Oh, I, I, ah, sorry. I'm struggling with it. Uh, Quinnipiac, I'm going to give them the doubt, the benefit of the doubt, because at number four, because they're 11, four and one in the defending champs. They deserve that. Um, Boston College, I think you could flip with Maine at 12, three and one. I think you deserve to be there. Uh, Wisconsin, as, uh, as I said, 12, four and oh, um, at number, um, six. Denver at 11, four and one. They, they showed some chinks in the armor again this weekend. So we'll get into that. And then you get to number eight, and you have Providence at nine, four, and two. What did I tell you out the air? I said Providence needs to win three more games. You you can't be you can't be three wins behind other teams and be up there. You might you might win the next three and be twelve, four, and two in in three more games. But let's get there first. Let's get there first before we start doing that. Michigan State ten, four, and two. That yeah, maybe nine, ten. They're they're close. Um, again, you have single-digit teams like UMass, 9-4-1. Win a few more games. Um, Minnesota, come on. Really? 11th in the pairwise at 8-5-3? Are you absolutely kidding me? Um, Western Michigan, 10-3-1. We both had our doubts about them, but they, they continue to win. And they're in double digits, so I got no problem with that. Um, then I have a few more problems. Uh, Arizona State. 11, 3, and 2. 16 in the pairwise. Oh, and even RIT, 10, 4, and 0. Oh. Once you get double digits, how can you be that far behind? If the tournament were to start today, Arizona State doesn't get in. They don't get in. At right. 11, 3, and 2. That's an embarrassment, college hockey. That is an embarrassment for your sport for your league, uh, for your fan base, for your parents, for your players. That is a flat-out embarrassment. Arizona State has no choice who they play on their schedule. And they just go out and win. And by the way, they got a win and a tie on the road at Colorado College this past weekend. So, you know, we got to start getting this thing right. We just have to. You can't. You can't grow, grow the sport, and I say this every week, and every week I keep hoping that something's going to level out, and it just doesn't. It does not level out. There's no way 
I don't care if the Gophers uh, from Minnesota played NHL teams all season long. They're eight, five, and three. Let's get some respect to the team that's eleven, three, and two. How about that? Well, listen. All right, your turn. Well, listen. I mean, you could argue that same thing probably about Michigan at eight, seven, and three. Uh, maybe St. Cloud at eight, five, and one. Again, we haven't really been on the St. Cloud bandwagon. Um, and you know, I, I, New Hampshire is feel good because they're seven, four, and one. Um, and you know, they haven't been close to this good in a long time. Ho, 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 ho! Time out, time out. New Me Hampshire too. is. Three what? spots better than Arizona State because they're the feel good story at seven four and one. Well, what about the story I, from no, no, the stop, independent stop, stop, that's stop, eleven stop. three I, and two? Stop. I let you finish. Okay. But as you steal my thunder there, feel good story doesn't really quite cut it. Um now you know you would have to sit here. And the question becomes, when do these teams make up some of the uh, totals in, in games that some of these other teams have played? Right? Because that would kind of be the equalizer, you would think. Right? Uh, you would think that that would be kind of the equalizer. Um, yeah, New Hampshire okay. Has I'll a, go with that. And, and New Hampshire doesn't have uh, a very big December schedule. Only have three more games left this month, and they're all non-conference: RPI, Army, Sacred Heart, um, and then they play Princeton the same weekend as the Desert Classic. Again, five more non-conference games coming up, um, and then they kind of get into the teeth of their conference schedule. So maybe you know that's where things even out, so to speak. Um, the same thing with, uh, and, and again, you know, the same thing with Maine, right? They play a few more games uh, in December, but again, uh, non-conference games through the middle of January. Uh, <clears throat> you know, we talk about having to win, get, playing games that you now have to win because now you're a favorite. Right, all of a sudden, Maine goes from being uh, a dormant power, which they were for a long time. Now, you would know that better than I would, but you know, in the '80s and '90s, Maine was a a, pre a perennial national championship contender. Uh, but now you're going to go play some games against teams where you have to win. And that's a different kind of pressure than you faced all year. You're, you're, you know, you're now a heavy favorite against the Union. You're now a heavy favorite against Bentley and RIT. Right? Um, you're going to be a favorite against Colgate. Right, so now, uh, considering where those teams are, right now that maybe that pairwise goes down because now you're in a spot where you can't afford to lose a game for the next month before you get deep into conference play. Now, does that mean that Maine will drop all the way down? Maybe. I don't know. But I think that's a factor at this point that they haven't played as many games as other teams. So they haven't had a chance to, quote, lose games. I don't know if that's make, if that makes any sense to you or not. Um, it, yeah, it makes total sense to me. Uh, I don't know. But what I'm saying is at this time, at this time in the year, 
you are looking like a ridiculous fool. Not you, the pairwise. The, the pairwise people put this out. You are looking like ridiculous fools if you're getting people to, to buy into the fact that an 8-5-3 and three Gopher team is better than an 11-3-2 and two Arizona State team at this time of the year. I get it. At the end of the year, it may very well be different. Uh, the Gophers may win their conference. The Arizona State may lose 10 in a row. I don't know. I'm just telling you at this point in the season, you're looking ridiculous. And I'm here's the other problem with it is. I'm trying not to make this strictly an ASU argument <laughs> on mine. I know, but you have to. I mean, I know everybody knows you're an alum, but you're not doing this as an alum. You're doing it as a team that's earned an 11-3-2 mark. And I'm going to say it again. This team is different. I've watched them grow for eight years. I've watched them become a better college hockey team. Dare I say a very good college hockey team. Yeah. They don't take stupid penalties much anymore. Don't take a few. Well, everybody does. But they don't make critical mistakes. Critical times. They're learning how to close out. They're learning how to win, and they're learning how to lose. How many times, Paul, over the last five years did you and I say, you got to quit that crap at the end of the game. Show your toughness at the end of the game. They're they're acting the role of a quality championship college hockey team. They they go up there, they do their best, win, lose, or draw. They leave the ice like like champions. They don't leave the ice smashing their sticks or or pushing somebody from the other team. That's growth, okay. And you and I have watched them since their inception into uh, NCAA hockey. So I don't want to hear any more about this crap. But what, what bothers me is the psyche because it's the psyche of the fans. It's the psyche of the sponsors. And you know how hard, how hard I work to get sponsors for us. And uh, when they look at the pairwise and they've been told that this is how teams get into the tournament and they've been told by experts dare I say, that may say like, hey, if as an independent, you've got to be, you know, 10, 11, 12 to secure a spot because look what happened in the past to teams that weren't 10, 11, or 12. And then you start looking at the schedule and you go like, what more does Arizona State have to do to be higher than 16 in the pairwise with an 11, 3, and 2 mark? And if you want to talk losses, they yeah they lost some games where they were up by three they're up by three in Denver they could have swept Denver yeah. and they didn't but nobody's doing that um, you know the closest team to that is North Dakota and oh yeah by the way they're number one in the pairwise so <laughs> so I mean come on people let's just get this thing right and you talk about I don't want to talk about feel good stories because Arizona State's way past that. Well, they're they're a hockey team now. They're a college hockey team that can win a championship, and you better be careful when you're playing them. Well, let's put it this way: right now, that difference between you know, um, New Hampshire at thirteen. I, I, I again, you know, we, they haven't played a lot of games, but right now, the difference between St. Cloud, Michigan, and ASU. In 14, 15, and 16 is razor, and I do mean razor thin. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I understand so, that. You understand and, and, that. And by the Other way, people and, and understand that, that. But the general person, the general hockey fan does not, Paul. They and, do not understand the way, here's, that. Here's a little bit of craziness for you on top of that that I kind of looked at and we kind of discussed it a little bit over the weekend. As we look at this before we even get into the games, um, what if St. Thomas wins the conference tournament? I mean, it, it's. If, <laughs> well, if, what about Augustana? Well, then I don't know if you know if they're going to be in the conference tournament. Are they allowed? They won't be. A full member they won't be. No. No. They but won't St. be. Thomas but what if they win be. the regular season? You know, well, St. Thomas will be. Well, that's, uh, I, again, the craziness. Um, <laughs> I uh, get it. St. Thomas right now has played two more games than most of the league, um, and is is slightly ahead. They're they're six and four in the league. Uh, second place Michigan Tech is four one one 
I four wins, one loss, one overtime win, and two overtime losses. Um, for the craziness there, which you know, right? I mean, it, what happens? I mean, St. Thomas might get a first round at home, knock somebody off. What if they? What What if they end up winning the CCHA tournament? Which is not outside of the realm of possibility. Not that at means, all, my friend. Not that means they at might not all. Get any team in the in, in the NCAA tournament because the other yeah. teams might not be high enough. And and well, let's pretty much say this: the only way that they're going to get a team in is by winning their conference. Because I don't think any of those teams. Yeah, but St. But again, St. Thomas is not eligible to win the I know. NCAA tournament. And that's what I'm saying is that I don't know who they're going to get in unless they, because they're not eligible, if they uh, the second place team takes no, over that it. spot. They, they, well, I don't. Know but if what if that's that way? Well, I don't know either. I don't know. We'll have to find out if it gets. I, I don't think it does. It's I don't trending think, in that direction, though. By the way, I, I don't think they get an automatic bid if St. Thomas wins the conference tournament. <laughs> yeah, so that's leading into the craziness. We got games to talk about. We're going to do that in just a minute. I just want to put a bow on this thing one more time. It's it's not about what you and I think uh, because we we know how this works out, and somehow, some way, at the end of the year, the pairwise seems to do a fairly good job of of balancing things out. I'm just talking about the general hockey fan. The, the person that's looking at it and they're going like, how? How do you explain this? I'm also talking about the players because, well, they'll tell you up front that they, yeah, you know, know, it doesn't really lying. bother us. We know it they're lying. It bothers them, right? Because especially if you're an independent, because you know, like this weekend, for example, Arizona State walks away from it uh, with Colorado College, two very good games, and we'll get to in a minute. Um, and they win and they tie. And right. they walk away and they look and they go like, we're still 16 in the pairwise. I know they were 20 or whatever. Yeah. I know they're up four spots, but you're not going to climb up four spots every single weekend, yeah. especially now with the schedule that you have coming up. You don't have a whole lot of teams left that are going to carry the quote-unquote weight to uh, to move up. So you've got some, and they're going to have to continue to win, as you would expect a championship team to do. I'm just saying that from the fan from the player perspective, um, let, let, let's just make it a little bit more common sense because everybody can look at this thing and they can go like, okay, they're, uh, Arizona State's right behind Michigan. Oh, by the way, Michigan's played um, 18 games and they're 8-7-3. and three. Huh? They've lost four more games and they've won three fewer and, and they're one spot ahead of you? Who are they playing? The Islanders from the 90s? <laughs> because there you go like that reference i do yeah, yeah, yeah okay so i mean come on let's just use some common sense here that and i'm not saying that this is the way it's going to play out at the end of the year i'm just telling you hockey fans look at this and they go you guys are nuts you guys are nuts you don't understand um what it takes to win a college hockey game especially this year you don't understand what it takes to beat every team that Arizona State's beaten. And I'm using them because I have to. They're 11-3-2. and two. They should be second or third in the pairwise. That's where they yeah, should be. Well, well, I don't know about that. Why not? Why not? Uh, why shouldn't I, they be? I just said I don't know. Why shouldn't they be? Make me an argument why they shouldn't be if they've won 11 games and they've played it's two against Denver, two against it's not, Providence. It's not, straight, not about straight winning. That's all. It's just. I I know that, but that's what your fans. Home winning at road. I I. But that's what your fans and your sponsors and your parents and your players are looking at because they know that's how it gets in, how they get into the tournament. So they're going to say, oh, so Minnesota's going to get in if they have uh, just barely a five hundred record because they played harder teams than us. BS. We played Denver. We played Providence. You know, you can rattle off the teams that you played and tell me how much better they are. You know? I mean, come on. Anyway, I just think the college hockey's got to wake up in a, mo in a bunch of different ways. The pairwise early in the year is a joke. And uh, Eddie Christian, our guest on Monday night last week, said the same thing. He said it's a joke. Yeah, the pairwise is what they agreed on, and that's what they should do for the tournament right now. 
but they, they got to get rid of it now because it's hurting the game. It really is. I mean, everybody, if you've got an 11, three and two mark, you should be pumping your chest out saying like, Hey, if we keep this up, we're going to the tournament. But you know, Paul, if they go 22, six and four, they might not get in. They might not get in the tournament with a 22, six and four record. That's BS. Sorry. It's BS. Because right now, Michigan couldn't finish with a record better than that. <laughs> and I'll guarantee you, if they finish with that mark or with a 21-7 and whatever mark, they're going to get in. All right, I'm done. I said this to somebody in an email, and it got me yelled at, so to speak. Um, but I didn't ever expect it to manifest itself in a different way. Uh, NAU 2.0. That year that NAU had, they went 26 and 6 or whatever the heck it was. And should have been in the NCAA tournament. Probably one of the things that led to the development of the pairwise. Uh, we know ASU's program's not going anywhere like NAU's did. But it could be that kind of year. And that would be nuts. Yep. Absolutely would, would be, be nuts. nuts. And, and might, and obviously it, it will be less of a factor for ASU next year when they're in the NCHC. You know, we got a little preview of that this past weekend. Um, might be a, 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 a thing that makes the folks that run the NCAA hockey committee and hockey tournament to expand to 24. Well, let's I think hope you so. Could make a, I let's think hope you so. could make a fairly good argument that after 24, you're, you're, you're really not talking about championship-level teams. Yeah, yep. You could make a real argument on that. But I think you could find 24 that would be quality teams that could win the championship if things went their way. Which is, let's be honest, that's the way it is every year in the tournament. Things have to go your way. Oh, yeah, of if course. If your goaltender gets hurt or whatever, um, or you play a six-overtime game in a in a regional, I mean, there's all kinds of things that can go on when it's a one-and-done. Yeah, so, I mean, that's expected. Right. Okay? But what I'm talking about now is the early I part know. of the season. I know. Let's, let's, go with, let's go with, you know, and I said this. The same thing I say with the ACHA is let's what well, let's have tiers. Um, if you're going to start it early, then you got to have five wins before you can be ranked. If you it, then a little bit later, you got to have ten wins, and then you got to have fifteen wins, and then you got to have twenty wins, and that's a cutoff for going to the tournament. If you don't have twenty wins, you're not going in. And and in, instead of doing it that way where people understand it and people get behind it and get excited behind their team, they don't. They don't do it that way. And and people, the, the, the general person does not understand how this works. And like I said, you know, it's frustrating for a team to be playing that well. They they were number one in pairwise, weren't they, Paul? Arizona State yeah, early in the year? Games in, I mean, yeah. They were number one. Well, what have they done? now to deserve to be 16. What have they done that they didn't do the first three games? Listen, I, they won at a pretty good clip. Yeah, they are winning at a pretty good. I mean, they did, you know. They played they, some pretty good teams. Yeah, they went on the road, went 1-0-1. Against, uh, against Colorado College and Miami. Well, you know, but that's... You know, but they, they should have won the second game against Miami. Well, correct. But what I'm saying is they have nothing to deserve to be bumped down 16 spots in the pairwise. And the same huh. reasons that I say, and I'm yeah, I'm going to pick on you, Minnesota and St. Cloud and Michigan. Um, I'm okay with you that. Gotta, you got to get more wins. You got to get the double digits. And when you get the double digits wins, then we'll, we'll start ranking you. But you can't be ahead of an 11-win team if you've got eight wins. I mean, come on. Where's the common sense? Well, it's not the eight wins Where, part. It's the fact that it's 8-5-1 or 8-7-1 or 8-5-3. Yeah, it's wins it's and losses. Yeah. 
It's wins and losses. You don't have enough wins and you have too many losses. Anyway, I, I, I didn't want to get carried away on yes, this, and did. obviously I did because I'm so passionate about it, but I'm passionate because I want to see the game grow. I started this company because I wanted to see the, great, the game grow. I don't want to see stupidity get in the way of growth. And that's what's happening right now. And the same thing with college hockey and their inability to get together and make make pair, um, conference alignment movements. You, you can't, you know, I wouldn't even be having this topic. I guarantee I won't with Arizona State next year in, in the NCHC because you know what? They're in a conference and all of a sudden the weight's going to shift completely. They could be, they could be nine, five and two next year. At this point, they'll be higher in the pairwise than they are right now. Yeah, could be. Guaranteed. Could be. Guaranteed. Could very so be. anyway, and, and like I said, it's it's just unfair. And if you want to grow the game, it, and here's the thing, the final thing I'll say, if you want to, you know, uh, grow the game and you're not going to have everybody in a conference, you're going to have these independents, then you got to fix this because um, you're not going to keep teams. your independents very long. You know, four teams. They're going to go away. They're going to go away. Yep. So anyway, I hope that gets worked up. Okay, let's get back to what happened on the ice. And uh totally blew my <laughs> blew my time frame. But anyway, uh, in Denver, let's start right there. Okay. The craziness was unbelievable. Uh, you know how bad I wanted to be in Denver this uh, weekend. And because of these health reasons, it just wasn't going to happen. But the um, and snow. Yeah, well, I-25, I-40, just trying to get out of Albuquerque, I understand, was a mess. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, that's, you know. Uh, anyway. Apparently, defense and goaltending in that in that series at Denver, at least on Friday night, was optional. Because they didn't play any. <laughs> yeah, apparently it was. Oh, smokes. And <laughs> I, I get it. You have a situation where you have two very gifted offensive teams. And maybe I'm making too much light uh, of it, but I, I saw at least three or four goals on the Friday night game that I, I, I guarantee you the goalies wanted back. Um, there were some 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 unbelievable offensive skills shown on some of the other goals. Uh, and and I saw a lot of guys just being caught flat-footed. Well, let me let me interject two things into that thought because you're 100% correct. But I think a couple of things happen and I never played goalie um, at any level. So I'm going to preface my statements by saying that, but I would think as a goaltender, when the speed and the intensity and the offensive skills and playmaking is coming at you at 150 miles an hour or whatever it is, um, you're, you're anticipating and sometimes you may over anticipate and sometimes you may under anticipate, you know what I'm saying? Because you have to make adjustments. And sometimes you'll get caught flat-footed as a goaltender because you won't expect a Jared Wright, for example, to come blowing down unless you've seen him a few times. And for uh, Ludwig Pearson, person, um, he's he's probably needed some adjustment time. Clearly, he did because he got better. Um, and uh, for Freddie Hollick, when you see him. You go like, okay, he's a freshman. Um, he's played a lot of games already. And people say, yeah, he should have a lot of experience. Yeah, but every team's different. He hasn't seen a North Dakota come at him before. So I get some of that. The, the part that I'm disappointed in, in both these teams, and I think their coaches are probably saying the same thing right now, or they will tomorrow or Tuesday, is that you got to remember, and David Carl told me this point blank, and it's on recording. I asked him, I said, do you ever worry about your own team mesmerizing itself and and doing too much in the offensive zone that you don't get back in the defensive posture and, 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 and things happen, odd man rushes or whatever? And he said, not if we're doing it the right way. Well, here's the thing. When you get so caught up with your offensive skill, I think sometimes that you might – just over, be overzealous. How about that? 
you uh, you just think, you know, I can do this. And then all of a sudden, whoop, you lose the puck on a bad bounce or whatever, and it's going the other way. So I told you that. I said, I think they're missing in Denver for sure. They're missing some really good stay-at-home defensemen. I think they've got a lot of offensive defensemen, but they're missing those stay-at-home guys. First of all, you know, David Carl cannot be happy with the fact that his team had a four to one lead. After Paul, the first I don't, period. I don't know if you saw his comments, but he said when they lost that game, he said, This needs to hurt. <laughs> These well, guys need to feel it. Uh, if we're I, gonna I, get better. They had to, right? I mean I mean, you know, and and, and you know, the guys that you, you're you're talking about uh, you're you're talking about a Justin Lee and a Kyle Mayhew that they don't have this year. There's a couple of guys right there that are pretty good stay-at-home that's, defensemen. That's that's those are the guys you were thinking yeah. of. Yes. Um. You know um, that that they don't have this year. Um. And you're sitting there, and you David Carl, and you got a four-to-one lead, and you know the 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 offensive firepower that that this North Dakota team has. And, you know, they go two for five on the power play. And, you know, I, I'm sure that some of it was the speed of North Dakota and some of it was uh, Denver being, you know, not moving, not, you know, uh, you know, not skating and, and kind of chasing the puck and being mesmerized, which you don't really expect to see. But, you know, you're a 4-1 to lead at home after the first period, <laughs> even if you're playing North Dakota. You don't expect Denver to blow that kind of lead. No, you certainly don't. And like I said, I don't think I, – I think the talent is there. I just think that sometimes it gets to be too much offense – and not enough defense, and you have to know when when to say when, so to speak. You have to say, I know when to shut teams down, and, and you're right. Kyle Mayhew, Justin Lee, they knew when to say when. They knew when to shut things down, and they knew how to shut things down. They knew how to th- settle things down, and I just don't think that we're there yet. Well, you know, I, I, those guys, you know, brought a different dimension to this team. Um. And again, I I don't want to say this to take away credit from from North Dakota because, I mean, you know they're as offensively talented as Denver is. Yeah, and by the way, people have asked me about how I ranked my uh, or how I figured out who the, the deepest teams were. So, if we have time, either tonight or tomorrow, I'll give you uh, why I think the top five teams in depth are the top five teams. You know, um, and again. Denver goes 0 for 3 on the power play, which 0 for 5 on the weekend. North Dakota with another, you know, 1 for 4 on the power play. You know, I mean, I mean listen, overtime is a crapshoot. You're playing 3 on 3, I mean, with those kind of skaters. You almost want to, like, cover your eyes if you root for one team or the other. Because every time the other guy has the puck, you, you there's, there's there's almost nobody on that team that can't make an end-to-end rush with elite speed. Yeah, fact. Okay, so so um, UND, North Dakota, the Fighting Hawks so what? get the win on Friday night. Denver comes back, wins one in overtime, and uh, again. Another crazy game. Nobody would have expected it, but it ends in overtime in Denver's favor. So it turns out to be a split, which is parody, parody in oh. college hockey. Um, you know. Doesn't really matter how you get there. If it's a split, it's a split. Yeah. So anyway, let's take a quick break because we got a lot okay. more to talk about tonight. Let's take a quick break and uh, get some of our partners in, and then we'll come back and we'll jump down south to uh, Colorado Springs in just a second. 
It's time to drop the puck on the nation's best college hockey conference. We bring you closer to the action all season long with access to exclusive on-demand content and more than 140 live games. Catch every big goal and clutch save when you can't be there. We have you covered here. Stream on your phone, computer, or straight to your TV and don't miss a moment from your favorite team. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack has three locations. At 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe, the ASU location at 922 East Apache Road and 952 West White Mountain Road in Pine Top. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel banks it towards the goal. He scores. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. He scores. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My goodness gracious me. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. From the NCHC.TV studios, you're listening to ITHSW Podcasts, College Hockey West Live. Indeed it is College Hockey West Live. Scott Strandy with you tonight on the shores of the pacific ocean just outside of carlsbad california my co-host is always paul hornstein joining me from the shores of the atlantic ocean on long island new york he doesn't get close to the shores because why would you when you're at the palatial estate you just put your feet up you let servants do the work and uh, everything works out well anyway paul <laughs> when did i get replaced <laughs> Anyway, what, 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 where are they? Who are they? What, when, when did that uh, happen? You're making me choke now. This is too when funny. Did that happen? Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, so if you go down I-25 in Denver, you uh, drive about 45 miles south, and you come into a town called Colorado Springs. By the way, there are two. Air Force. There are two um, NCAA schools there at Air Force sure. and at Colorado College, the home of the Tigers. By the way, anyway, uh, <laughs> you thought I was too sick to do that, didn't you? No, no, I'm not no, tough it out. Too sick because you do it. <laughs> I tough it out. But anyway, let's go over to Ed Robeson Arena for the weekend because Arizona State um, and Colorado College did battle. Now, I want to say right off the get go, I watched both of these games on NCHC TV, and uh, I thought they were two really good hockey games from two teams that have come a long way in the process. If you, uh, if you know, these teams have played um, and becoming a championship pedigree. And then you look at the, uh, the guys from Colorado college with Chris Mack came in and basically started from scratch. Um, they made a lot of notes about how this all happened um they you know they said arizona state came in and, and they rebuilt through the portal they rebuilt or through 
built through the portal. Chris Mayotte is doing it the other way. He's doing it with uh, freshmen, young guys, building a, a base. Um, and they're both very successful. And I think it was really hard for me to go, okay, one team won, one team lost. I know they did, but that tie on Friday night, that was a tie in all, all stretches of the imagination. <laughs> that There was no winner in that one. I, I know ASU won it in the, uh, in the shootout, yeah, and kudos true. for that. But that was a tie, Paul. That was two uh, evenly matched teams. Well, we, we've said all along that those two those two teams have kind of gone along parallel tracks. Yeah, for different reasons, like I said. For different reasons. But, yeah, like, very parallel tracks, um, and now they're going to be conference opponents next year. And They will be conference opponents next year. Um, I'm sure that was mentioned 95,000 times. On the Along with the fact that Arizona State was the number 12 team in the country. That right. one was 117 um, times I counted. Right. And, you know, this, uh, you, you watch the game and, and it was like a, a bunch of different games all rolled into one. Right? <laughs> it was. Uh, ASU. It was. I mean. ASU outshoots CC 19 to 10 in the first period of the game and and goes out of it down a nut one nothing you know goes down one nothing and you're like all right you want to give Danny Waite credit for a greasy goal in that first one I guess yeah you know um and you know ASU comes back in the second period Right, and the, the plays is a little more evened out as it starts to kind of tilt towards the CC end. But ASU gets an early tie in the game. Benji Eckerly scores uh, a beautiful play for the goal to tie it up early in the second period. And then Tyler Gratton, as you've seen, he just goes right to. You know, it gets a power play goal for ASU to scramble in front of the net, and he just powers through it, right? And you're like, all right, well, maybe, you know, ASU's going to, you know, find a way to, to take this. But Logan Will scores for CC early. In he the wears a C for a reason, period. my friend. Yeah. Both yeah, of them no, do, I mean, Kyler and Will. Yeah. And now you get this game tied 2-2. Two to two. Uh early in the third period. And again, the ice is starting to tilt towards CC a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, third period and overtime, my friend. Well, again, now one of the power plays was like a five second power play. So that doesn't, you know, but um, the second period is obviously was, was, was on the physical side. Um, but this little streak that ASU was on at the, at the moment, starting uh, uh, with the two games against Denver. Okay, I, I'm leaving out the Stonehill games. Um, the streak that ASU was on since Denver, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, uh, five, two, and one streak that they're on. It's not a coincidence that that streak started as ASU penalty kill started to turn it around. Yeah, the power play has been good from the start. Power play has been good. Penalty, penalty kill is picking it up. Was, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you just you look at this stat right here. Colorado College on the night Friday, 0 for 7 on the power play. And then T.J. Semptonfelter owns the overtime. Now, C.C. may have hit a post or two, but you know what happened? That's not a shot out goal. It didn't go in. <laughs> I know. And you, you say the same thing when, when ASU hits a post. <laughs> you know, no, you don't. It didn't go in. <laughs> you say, when ASU hits the post, you say, geez, they hit a post. They hit four posts. <laughs> Anyway. Well, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. 
they did hit the post. They hit the post. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, that to me was a really fun weekend series because the, the games were hot, hotly contested, but yet fairly contested. It was a battle back and forth. And, you know, you talk to either coach or not to uh, just talking to them who, who lost because Chris Mayup was very proud of his guys and the way they rebounded after a very poor performance against Michigan two weeks ago. Uh, and for them to have a couple weeks off and come back and play like this. Uh, and like I said, the announcement true that everybody knew except Fairwise, apparently, that Arizona State was number 12 in the country. Otherwise, um, people weren't listening. They didn't care. Anyway. It, it meant a lot um, to see to quote unquote hang as multiple times with the number twelve country. So, um, oh. I thought that was just an enormous Listen, um, you know, uh, it it. It's a easy. It's easy. It's an easy narrative. We know that these two teams are relatively, like I said, close. Um, and the fact is, this weekend that um, I know you love your boy Caden, Caden and Barico. Let's get. And I'm right. not saying he. No, no, I don't know who that guy is. I only know who Caden and Barico is. Um, and this is not a knock on him, but the best player on the ice this weekend. At Ed Robeson Arena was T.J. Semptenfelter, especially on Saturday night. Oh, yeah. So I think he's outstanding, and I think he's really come a long way uh, in his two years or a year and a half, or whatever it is. He he's made uh, tremendous strides, and uh, he was the difference uh, this week. He was outstanding in a shutout performance Saturday. Uh, he, he was the one that, that kept it from being a child on Friday night. So congratulations, TJ. I mean, he made uh, that was outstanding. He 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 made some saves on you know if you watch if you get a chance go watch some of the highlights and some of the saves he made were just and, and see, he would see, make one save and then slide across or move across the front of the net and get the get the rebound too. I mean, holy smokes. And he moved a long way across the front of the crease. <laughs> Several. Yes. Yeah. I mean, just wow. I mean, uh, 38 save shutout on Saturday night. Okay. We we talked about how important this was for Arizona State, especially because of independent, how much it would mean for them. But now we're going to see how they respond after a roll, you know, one on one. Road trip. Now they got Dartmouth. Team coming from the east back to the west. Can they take care of business? They should handle Dartmouth. They really should. Will they do that with that championship uh, pedigree that they're they're earning, or um, will they regress? I think they'll. I think they'll get it done. I really do. Well, again, right? You're learning all kinds of situations. Okay. Uh, they went on a, on the road. And got a win and a tie in a situation where they absolutely had to do that minimum. And now they have to come home, play a team that's just that's like 35 or 40 in the pairwise in Dartmouth, who haven't played a lot of games. And do not take and, them lightly. And you you cannot take them lightly. Um because then you have destroyed everything you did this weekend. And it's again, it's another lesson. Right? We're gonna we're gonna it seems as if we're gonna find out when they played Anchorage, it seems as if they kind of uh you know Oh, they figured it out. There was I know, told you that right after that series. I said, This is a different team. This is a different Arizona State team that I've seen. Now we know they lost that second game to Providence, but again it's Providence. Um, they're playing Dartmouth at home. Uh, a couple of non-conference games. Uh, everything's non-conference, but a team you should beat. 
team that gonna, is two, three, and four on the season. It's going to be a really fun week. I know we're not going to get to half of what we need to tonight because we're running out of time already. But um, across town in Colorado Springs, the Air Force Academy hosted Bentley. Overtime win, night one, not so much night two, Saturday night. Um, you know, again, uh, guy blessing the difference. You know, there's there's a games. shock, Paul. The goaltenders being the difference. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> um, you know, Air Force getting a power play late in the game, into the overtime period, uh, to get a win. And and the the crazy thing is, you know, they come back the next night, uh, Air Force. You know, Bentley beats Air Force as again as Air Force goes 0 for 6 on the power play. And I know it's we harp on this a lot, but 1 for 11 on the power play for a weekend doesn't win you a lot of games. And, nope, it does not. You know, and that Atlantic Conference, Atlantic Hockey standings right now is Air Force is now ninth. <laughs> that's bizarre, but that's just it's, the parody. Right, because, Ball. right, and again, they've played 10 games. Parody, parody. Yeah, I mean, you just, if you look at the standings, you're, you you see ninth, and you're like, wow. Um, but then again, you look and see that Holy Cross has got 17 points in fourth place uh, after 13 games, and Air Force has only played 10. I mean, that fight for that last, for that first round at home and that last bye, ho, 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 going to be off the charts. Going to be off the charts. Yep, absolutely. Totally agree with you. Um, and then let's go north to Alaska real quick because uh, you you told me, you go, I think Anchorage is uh, has got a little head problem with Fairbanks. I, 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 you watch Anchorage on a regular basis, and they're in every game, just about every game. And then you watch them play Fairbanks, and it's like a different team. It, it, it the, and the only logical thing I can think of, if you want to call it logic, is, you know, in these last two years, Fairbanks has dominated Anchorage. And it's almost like at this point they're in their heads, like we can't beat this team. You know? Um, yeah, I don't think they'll ever be said out loud if it's e- the case. The games aren't even <laughs> close. The games aren't even close. I mean, even earlier in the year, the game that Fairbanks won 5-4, to four, right? It took extra attacker goals, power play goal. You know, I mean, it was... Fairbanks giving up a, a, a four to one lead, a five to one lead. And it just it just seems as if they're in their heads. I could be wrong. You know, the guys at Anchorage will never admit that, and nor should they. But that's just the way it seems. It just seems like Anchorage is never in these games. Okay, and um, we'll get to the other games because Lindenwood deserves some credit for their battle at Western Michigan. We'll get to that uh, maybe tomorrow night. Um, but the one thing I want to I want to wrap this up on, kind of the way I started it is, apparently the Parawise thinks that the Big Ten should have every team make the tournament. Oh, yeah, of course. And uh, of course. and nobody else. You know, if there's any room for the other nine teams, we'll squeeze them in somewhere because let's let's count them right now. Wisconsin at six, Michigan State right. at nine, Minnesota right. at eleven, Michigan right. at fifteen, right on the edge, Penn State at seventeen, right. Notre Dame at eighteen. Um, okay, if you guys are all in a conference, doesn't somebody have to lose eventually? And how can you how can well, you all have better records than everybody else if if that matters, if winning matters, which clearly it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Because if you lose like Minnesota did, it's okay. 
you you can lose and you're still gonna be where you're supposed to be. Eleven. Well, you're oh, not. Not. You're not supposed to be eleven. Uh, anyway, because I know when tomorrow's Super Sixteen comes out, uh, it's gonna be right. The ship's gonna be righted. I just feel that. Maybe. <laughs> uh, or maybe not. You know. But I don't. Anyway, I'm, I'm just like I said. I get on the bandwagon for the fans and the novice people. Where the game grows. Uh, the diehards always be there. We know that. Um, and we appreciate the diehards like nobody else. But you know what? Come on, people. Come on. You, you got to look at with a little bit of logic because other people do look at it logically and they're going, like, This doesn't make sense. That's the so problem. Anyway, I, you know, so like I said, there's more teams that played against uh, um, Minnesota Duluth this weekend and um, tough. NCHC matchup again. Um, our guys at Augustana went on the road again and performed pretty well. Um, North Dakota on I-29 quarter. We talked about what they did. Um, Lindenwood went on the road to Western Michigan. So um, we'll get into more of that tomorrow when we have a little more time. But Tuesday. Anyway. Yeah, or Tuesday. One of the two. We'll get to it. But um, just wanted to uh, tell everybody before we say goodnight that um, I appreciate them hanging with me uh, when I wasn't able to do shows this week because uh, it was a very miserable time. Still not feeling great, but I am uh, I'm fighting it, and hopefully this week goes much much smoother. Well, I know this; you could barely speak. Yeah, I mean it. It bit me hard. It, it bit me really hard. Yeah. And uh, and uh, like I said, right now it's more of the finger issue than it is uh, the voice and everything else. So. Fingers, hands, arms, <laughs> entire body. Anyway, yeah. take it away, my friend. From the NCHC.TV studios behind the mask, College Hockey West Live has been brought to you by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Worldwide, it's where the action is in the resort or in town. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, it's here at Three Valley locations or behindthemask.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style, at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. For the NCHC and NCHC.TV, subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Tag Creative Group. Search T. Grand Rudd on redbubble.com and let us help you design that one-of-a-kind gift for you or someone special. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. The Caesar Sportsbook app. Download the app where available, but please play responsibly. FedEx, simplify your business shipping with FedEx, the official package delivery company of Ice Time Hockey West. And by Liberty University, over 700 programs of study to help you impact your community on and off the ice. Strengthen your faith at our state-of-the-art campus. See us at liberty.edu. College Hockey West Live, presented by Behind the Mask, is live every week on the Podbean app. It's available along with all of our weekly podcasts for download at your favorite podcast platform. That's ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. To find any of our shows, that's ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. Subscribe, rate, and review the shows, or tell a friend to help others find the podcasts. Behind the Mask College Hockey West Live and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. We will say goodnight for little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Ask everybody to join us again tomorrow night for uh, college hockey coast to coast where we start to bring in a little bit more of the east coast um this west coast bias that we have <laughs> so i'm told anyway um we'll bring that in tomorrow night that tuesday night of course college hockey west weekly the show where and hopefully hopefully i'm in a huge much better position uh, by tomorrow and Tuesday night. So, thanks for sticking with us. And we'll see you with the right. Peace, everybody.